Are you bold like Jesus? Let's talk about it on today's episode of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning. Today we are moving on to a new terrain in the Gospel of Luke. We're going to be um, moving on to chapter 6. Now, chapter 6 is an interesting chapter. It is a chapter that mirrors uh, a number of the teachings that we would find in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. And that section in Matthew's Gospel is commonly called uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, a number of the teachings in Luke chapter 6 mirror uh, the teachings of Jesus in uh, Matthew 5 through 7. Um, and so uh, we'll, we'll kind of note those things as we go along into Luke chapter 6. Uh, Luke chapter 6 is uh, a great teaching. Much like 5, it's broken down into sort of small vignettes. And we'll take each of those sections as they are. Um, And uh, in this chapter, Jesus begins uh, to very boldly uh, lay out a picture of what the kingdom of God uh, looks like. And uh, since the kingdom has been announced by John, since the kingdom has been inaugurated by Jesus uh, at the start of his public ministry, now he's beginning uh, to put some meat on the bones. He's beginning to show them, beyond all of the healings and other teachings that we've had up to this point, he's beginning to show his disciples and all those onlookers uh, um, what the kingdom of God looks like. Um, in today's passage, uh, once again, <laughs> Jesus is acting on behalf of the good of uh, s- uh, several people, in the face of confrontation uh, from the Pharisees. And uh, we see that theme a lot in Luke's gospel, Jesus healing and doing these marvelous uh, restorative things for the people he's encountering. And the Pharisees on the other side complaining about it, and that's what we'll have again today. Uh, So uh, we're going to get into uh, Luke's gospel here, uh, chapter 6, verses 1 through 11, shortly. Uh, But as we prepare ourselves for that, let's go to the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you today. Uh, I thank you again for another new day. Um, We're grateful today, Lord God, that you are the King of heaven. Uh, You are Lord of lords, King of kings, and we bow our knee in submission to you. Uh, We surrender our lives to you, Lord. We've tried everything else and we've discovered uh, that you're the real deal. Uh, Help us, Jesus, daily grow to trust you more. Uh, Help us daily to avail our lives to you for your purposes, uh, that we might truly be used of of God for kingdom purposes, and that our lives here might add up to uh, a legacy of faith that that helps uh, lead others to Jesus. Uh, Father, help us to be patient today with our shortcomings and flaws and lean into your grace and trust that your mercy is enough. Uh, We love you, Lord, and we pray that your Spirit would teach our hearts today. Uh, Open our minds and our eyes and our ears to what you want to say. We pray and ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. 
Amen. All right, Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 1. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and his disciples began to pick some heads of grain, rub them in their hands, and eat the kernels. Some of the Pharisees asked, Why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Jesus answered them, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God, and taking the consecrated bread, he ate what is lawful only for the priest to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. On another Sabbath he went into the synagogue and was teaching, and a man was there whose right hand was shriveled. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew what they were thinking and said to the man with the shriveled hand, Get up and stand in front of everyone. So he got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to him, I ask you, to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or destroy it? He looked around at them all, and then said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was completely restored. But the Pharisees and teachers of the law were furious and began to discuss with one another. So there is quite a lot going on in this passage, and I want to break it down so that we can um, maximize uh, what we're seeing going on here and maximize our opportunity for teachable moments um, to understand uh, in the most simple and clear way why the Pharisees would be frustrated with the things uh, that Jesus is doing on the Sabbath is to understand that in many ways for the for the Pharisee class for the for those teachers of the law who um, were the guardians of the theology and of the Torah um, the Sabbath, in my opinion, became for many of them almost an idol in itself, something they celebrated and worshipped um, and added to dimensions of beyond what God had intended. And I think what's frustrating about what Jesus is doing is he is pointing out those excesses. Um, they were forbidden to work on the Sabbath, uh, but they took that to extremes to the point where um, they would be furious about the action that Jesus and his disciples took here in verses uh, 1 and 2 as they're walking through the grain fields and pulling off heads of grain, rubbing them together to get to the kernels and eating the kernels uh, as they're journeying along. Uh, that would have been viewed as work from an extreme um, Sabbath viewpoint uh, that, that was held by many of these Pharisees and teachers of the law. And so you can see how that extremity of um, uh, their their extreme views would have in itself um, become almost an idol uh, because they're holding on to these absolutely uh, oppressive views of what can and can't be done on the Sabbath and really limiting the purpose and scope of the Sabbath. Uh, The Sabbath was not about nitpicking, keeping the rules. (laughs) The Sabbath was about making space so people's lives could slow down and to connect with God. 
the Sabbath was meant to turn uh, the people's hearts back toward the Creator who had provided so well for them and and uh, redeemed and restored them and and who had so faithfully seen them through the challenges of the 40 years in the wilderness and all of these things. So the Sabbath was a celebration that was designed to turn people's hearts back to the Lord in the midst of the busyness of life and in the midst of uh, all of the chaos of uh, one's personal situation. The Sabbath called them into a different rhythm, a rhythm of slowing down and being intentional about connecting with God. Um. So Jesus, in the first encounter, as they express anger for his disciples plucking the heads of grain and um, and rubbing uh, the heads to the to get the kernels, uh, his response to them was, "Didn't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? They went into the holy of holies and they took the consecrated meat and they had a feast because they were hungry and they weren't worried about." Um, they're standing with God. They were just responding to a need. And um, he once again steps out and announces himself. Uh, in verse 5, he says, uh, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Once again, that's an announcement of his standing, of his identity, of his true calling, of his uh, true nature. He is the Son of Man, and he is Lord of the Sabbath. <laughs> And if Jesus wants to change the rules, that's okay. Uh, and then we see another instance on the Sabbath when he's in the synagogue teaching. God bless him. <laughs> he's always seeking the broken and the hurting, uh, the people in his midst who need a touch. And he notices a man with a shriveled right hand. And he's moved. <laughs> and he... Um, and the Pharisees are watching closely because they see that he sees the man with the shriveled right hand. And they want to see what Jesus is going to do. They're curious to know if Jesus is going to heal on the Sabbath because healing would be described as work. And work was wrong. And if he was working on the Sabbath, then they can accuse him of breaking the Sabbath, which makes him a blasphemer. But Jesus knew what they were thinking. And he said to the man with the shriveled hand, get up and stand up in front of everyone. So the man did it. And then Jesus uh, spoke to the crowd, knowing the Pharisees and teachers of the law were there. And he said to them all, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? <laughs> A brilliant question. One with no easy answer, but the clear answer is to do good, to save life. And he looked around at all of them. I love this. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. Ah, what a beautiful moment. And the man did so, and his hand was completely restored in their presence. Jesus did nothing more than tell the man to stretch out his hand, and then he, uh, then he acted in the spiritual realm uh, to heal this man's hand. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were furious. And now they had a reason to accuse Jesus, and now they had a reason to go after Jesus a little more directly because he was a lawbreaker and they were ready. <laughs> so the table is set, my friends. I think so much about these things and I think so much about the way that our own practical legalism sometimes gets in the way of God doing a thing in our midst. 
And uh, I also think that sometimes we lack the boldness that Jesus has uh, to really take a stand against those who would contend against true faith. And uh, those of us who are walking closely in relationship with Jesus, um, we're not caught up by the rules as much. Maybe some of us, uh, myself included, are recovering Pharisees. Uh, we used to uh, we used to get bent out of shape about things like that. Um, but when you get set free from that prison, uh, you got to walk bold and you got to take a stand and you got to do what's right. And Jesus clearly models a right example for us here. Are you bold like Jesus? Are you taking a stand for him? Are you standing against the forces that would contend against the kingdom? And uh, are you doing so uh, in the boldness and courage of the Spirit? I love what Jesus does here. (laughs) And uh, I might not have a shriveled hand and I might not have a shriveled limb and uh, a terminal illness or something of that nature. Um, But I understand uh, coming into worship with feeling as though some part of my life is glaringly, obviously in need of a touch from God and sitting there quietly like this man wondering if it will ever get well. And maybe you do too, my friends. And I want to say that Jesus sees right to the heart. He sees your need. It may not be a shriveled hand, but he sees your need. And he would call you to stand in his presence and allow you and allow him to restore you. And he calls me to stand in his presence and allow him to restore me. Let's have the courage to do so, so that we might walk free and we might walk uh, un hindered by these things that burden us so we can really serve him with boldness and courage in this world. My friends, I love you. Thank you for listening today. You take care and we'll get caught up again tomorrow.